didn't say anything this week. I was waiting. I thought he's done me. I, I, oh, oh shit! This, that was a bit of an awkward. Alex, so, you've just, you just sworn in the first thirty seconds of the podcast, which is something that even I have never done, and it means that this podcast video can now no longer be monetized. That's all right. I can't. I'm not. I'm not. Um, I'm not authorized monetization yet. Anyway, because I don't have one thousand subscribers and like um four thousand watch hours or whatever it is. So yeah. uh, please well, subscribe. If, if um, you ever are, then this particular video is now screwed. That's fine. Uh, we'll, we'll have one. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to our podcast here today. Today, I'm joined with John, as always, and uh, Adam. The moon is here. So it's the uh, it's the Android Invasion team. We're back at it again. What? We're reviewing the Android Invasion again? No, we're just the Android Invasion team because we were the same group. This is like, I swear this is out. It's the only time that it's only been the three of us in, in one show, right? Just the three of us. We can make it if we try. No, as, 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 as Alex put it before we started recording, uh, let's get into some bondage. <laughs> yes. Uh, before we do that, how are, how are you guys? You guys well? How, how are we doing? I'll let Adam go first. Yeah, pretty good. Um, what's, I, I don't really know what's sort of been happening right recently. It was a sort of news fair in terms of just general stuff, really. You know, had a pretty. What's good, going on in the world, Adam and Moon? What's going on in the world? Um, had a busy, productive week. Finished off with like uh, a karaoke night last night, uh, as of recording, like Friday night. Um, and yeah, just working really. So it's been my life. Sexy, sexy stuff. What about you, John? Um, I'm good. The football is back. I have my tickets for the uh, Abominable Snowman at the BFI at the start of next month. Um, so yeah, I'm 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 hunky dory. Fabulous. That's a good album. It's a great. It's a. I love that saying as well. I think it's. it's not, I don't really know what album you're referencing, but it's a great. What song. Oh dear God. What album? And what would had... be the album Hunky Dory? By Bowie. I don't know my Bowie knowledge. Is I don't. I'm not Bowie's not my bag. In fact, he's like he's on my t-shirt actually. Funny enough, sorry. So, there he is. Uh, Every Bowie song I had, it, 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 it's just shot for me. What's, what's, uh, your favorite, what's your favourite David Bowie song then, Alex? Starman I have an absolute hate for, so it wouldn't be that. Oh. I've just, I've heard it in like adverts and like trailers and okay. films. I've right, okay. You know how I asked, you know how I asked what your favourite was? Yeah, but I'm working that, through that, it. That's, that's so that, you know, you, you could say something positive about, yeah, I like, know. about, about, I like, know. One, of, about one of Adam's heroes. Rather than the first thing you say being like slagging him off, I'm not slagging him off because it just. I mean, you're literally it, it lives in that you know. It lives in the like jump by Eddie Van Halen. Oh, don't double down. No, but like jumps are great. So and so is Starman. But when you hear it twenty thousand times, in by trying IPs to explain it, you're making it worse. I like the, but I like both songs. Right, I'll say changes, but the Shrek version because there's li- there's least about Bowie in that one. Um, oh come on! <laughs> there you go. Um, um yeah, sorry. Uh, Bo- that, Bowie's probably great. It's just, you know, I'm a, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of uh, Absolute Beginners. Mm. I don't know what that is. Well, it's a David Bowie song. Okay. Uh, well, I was going to say that I, I was, you know, good, but now I feel bad, so I'll say I'm, I'm, as, I'm, I'm here. as, as you should. I'll go Saturday evening. We're up to talking to about, and you're killing Adam and Moon's buzz immediately. Oh, come on. 
Uh, you can never kill Adam Amun's buzz. Adam Amun's always smiling. This, is, this is true. He's a very positive person. But I've never seen him look quite so sad as he does here. Yeah. I, I have. I think one time I you know, may have said something else that may... Something about Tom Baker, probably. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd imagine I'd imagine that would probably also do it. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, a good job. It's, it's, it's a good job that Tom Baker and David Bowie never actually made a film or anything together because, like, if you started slagging that off, then... Well, I'll always slag off the horns of diamond though, because it's shit. Anyway, well, um, Tom, Tom, Tom Baker should totally have been in the Prestige. That 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 would have yes. been yeah, that would have been brilliant. Tom Baker and mm. David Bowie in the Prestige together. Mm. I like the sound of that. And what is what, what is, is uh, what is David Bowie's connection to Doctor Who, Alex? Wasn't he, he was meant to be in a was he meant to be in like time even not time last year. It was meant to be, was meant to be in a classic episode. Wasn't you it? are close. You are actually you're about a year out. You are close. Meant to be the classic. It was meant to be the Colin episode, wasn't it? But I don't know. Not quite. Well, actually, kind of. Um, he was he was tapped up to be in Caves of Charles Jack. Yeah, Charles Jack. Charles Jack. Yeah. Which yeah, I'll allow you. You can classify as a Colin episode, I guess. Colin appears in the end credits of uh, of episode four. Right, then let's get into this one. So obviously this time we are reviewing From Russia with Love as Adam Moon is uh, getting the sun beaming down on his face as, <laughs> as the review starts. So you're right there, mate. That does look rather bright. It might just be the webcam, you know. Yes, t- tell you what, scenes. tell you what, I'm just going to do it quick. <laughs> change of lighting yeah that, that that's yeah, it's like, it's like, yeah like, it's like you're being interrogated um, <laughs> yes obviously yes adam amun uh tell us all you, tell us where you're hiding the smarties yeah we're being i'm 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 i mean we're doing good cop bad cop i am obviously good cop yeah if you don't tell us where the smarties are i'll destroy your tom baker collection um but tell us adam he'll do it <laughs> And you know, I, I'll run that works uh, as, a good, as a good cop, bad cop partnership. That works, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Adam. I'm just about following what's going on, but yeah, I don't know. I need some help along the way. Uh, yes, obviously, we're reviewing from Russia with love. Obviously, about a month and a half ago, towards two months ago, we reviewed Doctor No, which was my first viewing of Doctor No. This was my first viewing of from Russia with love. You can be getting that a lot through this series, but all of the guests that we have coming on have. Most likely seen the movies that they're down to review. I hope so. Anyway, Adam, have you at least rewatched this one before we did this one, or are you going off memory here? Um, I watched. I just because of today, like, I watched most most of it. I didn't get to quite finish it, but um, I watched. Most, I, I watched it quite recently because they've been on ITV in circulation uh, because of the 60th anniversary. So it's still kind of there anyway. So I was like, you know, and they've been like, I've only done it twice, but I've like recent. Um, I've only managed to catch some of the Bond films at the cinema, like. This week I caught License to Kill and the week before was Living Daylights because I quite like Dalton's Bond. So it was quite a nice opportunity, you know, again, to then revisit them, not just on TV, but on the big screen. It's it's quite cool too. Uh, Wasn't that hard that the Living Daylights, wasn't it? It is, yes. It is. It's my mum's favourite band. Yeah, it's my mum's favourite band. So shout out to Um, Aha. Aha. I think she's seen them like seven times or something, which, um, you know, she's a massive fan of, as you might be I mean, able to hear it. more times than I have seen any band. That's impressive. Yes. I think uh, the any... most times I've seen any specific band is three. And who is it? Um, it's a couple, actually. Um, I've seen the Rolling Stones three times. 
Um, I've also seen Damon Albarn three times, uh, twice with uh, twice with Blur and once solo. Oh, nice. There you go. Well, not yet. There's quite a few that I've seen twice. Any, any musical artists that you've seen multiple times at the moment? No, not multiple times. I sort of, whenever I saw a musical artist, I've genuinely just seen them the once, sadly. But you're a yeah. one, you're a one and done. You're like that. Maybe, that maybe. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, you see him live, you're like, nah, it's just this is this is this is not my bag. I'll no. stick to spot. I'll stick to Spotify. Um, I'll stick to karaoke nights, just constantly doing something like Plumber Faith or something like that. I don't know. Plumber <laughs> Faith. <laughs> We need to do karaoke at some point. It has to be done. I don't Part of this podcast, karaoke. Yeah. I, I am no, no, in person karaoke. Karaoke. I'm, I'm scared to do karaoke though. With people like John, because he's actually a good singer. Are like people Chris like John? What you mean, people that piss? People that can sing, because like the good thing about when me and Ad did it. No offense to anyone in that room. None of us could really sing. We were just kind of having a laugh. Whereas John, for those that don't know, can actually. He's got a, he's got a good set of pipes on him. Um. So, you know, it's quite intimidating to, to, to have to, like, you know, well, John's done, like, a nice that's, ballad. That's, that's why you've never asked to do karaoke with me. Cause I'm, yeah, because I would shit myself. I'm too, um, <laughs> too damn good. Because John would do a nice song. I don't you know, know what he'd you know, choose. You know what, the, you know what this is? Like, this is, like, reverse ableism. It, it's, like, discrimination against somebody that has an ability. Yes. Yes, exactly. That's disability Pride Month's no more. But it's done now. But to, you know, it's always disability Pride Month in my heart. Yes, as it should be anyway. Um, We're eclectic you know. tonight, aren't we? I like this. I like this vibe we've got. We've got good. It's good. Um, shall we actually go on to the review though? For the for listeners that Absolutely do want to hear our, this our opinion. Just, right, guys. So <laughs> this is going to be it now. <laughs> Right, we instead of reviewing the um, from Russia with Love, we are going to review the Muppets Christmas Carol. It's August. I don't care. Oh, we're doing it. I mean, Muppet, mean, Muppets Bond should be a thing. Muppets Bond. <laughs> They've done Treasure Island. They'll get ready for Muppets Bond. Well, we could do that challenge is like keep on character but the rest of Muppets. Who would you do for Russia with Love? I'm going to keep... Um, keep... Um, from, I would keep Robert Shaw because I genuinely, yeah. could not see a, I genuinely could not see a Muppet playing Robert Shaw. You do realize having having raised that, this is now something that we're gonna do on every single Bond podcast that we do. That is gonna be a question. If you were gonna repass it, cast this film with Muppets, which one actor would you keep? Yes. Um I'm, I'm not looking at the cast list, I don't get any character name wrong. Um uh I mean the answer the answer is Robert Shaw. I'll go, I'll keep M. I'll keep M. You know, he's only in, he's not in very long. But that means it's mostly a Muppets film with a cameo from from them. So who would you have playing Grant then? I need to I need to get a look properly. Right, let's have a look. Mm. The bad guy. Yeah, I know. I need to just I need to visualize. Um, I I don't even have to help me out here. What's the okay. guy in the um the reboot and the big blue guy with the tussles and he's got like the British voice and st- he comes good at the end, but he is part of his evil crew. He's got like the Brit, like the British posh voice. He's like, I don't, I don't know his name. I, I can visualize it. He's like a dragon. He's like blue and he's like a, dra- a dragon thing, but I can't think what his name is. Oh no. Hang on. Let me, let me. M- oh, sorry. From the, uh, so, so, suddenly I thought you were talking about Bond, Uncle Deadly. Yeah, him. 
him. That too, I don't. I mean, if if I were to recast Grant, then um, I would recast it as Miss Piggy because, like, literally yeah. that scene in the train, she could just start it off by going, "Hey, yeah." And mm. uh, that makes sense. What about, so? What about you, Ad? You have, to, have you said it already? I can't. Remember. I sort. Of, I sort of want to keep. I know he's not sort of named it, but like Q, like Desmond Llewellyn. I keep Desmond Desmond Llewellyn. That's actually a name I try, you know, Major I can't Major say it fast Major. enough, just, just have to take my time. Desmond Llewellyn. Major Boothroyd. Hmm. Nice. Um, right, they, initially, they initially asked him to play it with a Welsh accent, didn't they? And then he mm. um, he sort of put a Welsh accent on for them to show them what it sounds like, and it sounded so ridiculous. They were like, no, actually, just do it mm. as, as, as English. <laughs> That, yeah, that must be uh, one of those sort of moments of absolute, uh, you know, sort of you do an accent and they're like, yeah. Well, no, well, no I mean, yeah, he, nah. he, he was Welsh himself. He was Welsh himself, but he like he realised that he just wouldn't work in a Welsh accent. So he put one, a, like a quite a strong one on and they were like, oh, right, yeah. Yeah, mate, it's just, it's not happening. Um, right. Then shall we get into from Russia with Love? I don't know if you have uh, such a film, so I don't know if you want to break down. Do you want to maybe not do your regular breakdown job, but do you want to break down the plot briefly? Because this one's kind of okay. layered a bit. Okay, yeah, I, I, I can. I that's quite good because it means that I don't have to remember some of the character names. Um, okay, so we start off pre-title credits with um, what seems to be a Bond walking around like a glade on an island and an assassin comes up behind him and garrots him and effectively kills him. Um, obviously, it then turns out that it's not Bond because a lot of lights come on and it turns out that the assassin is being timed and then they peel the Bond face mask off of the guy and it turns out this is actually a training exercise. Um, what it turns out is going on is that Spectre, who are a international criminal organization, um, uh, I could, if, if I tried, remember what it stands for. It's like Special Executive Counterterrorism, something and extortion. Yeah, well, Spectre. That, anyway. that'll, that'll do. Special Executive for Counterterrorism, something and exhaustion. Um, people will email us or tweet us or whatever, and but don't bother because I will have obviously I haven't seen it by oh, the time that you Special Executive for Counterintelligence, Terrorism, Revenge, and Extortion. There you go. So, yep, those guys. Um, it turns out that they um, are actually planning to sort of play Russia and the United Kingdom off against each other um, as a way of obtaining a latest decoding device, which is called a lector. Um, so in order to do so, uh, Rosa Kleb, who was formerly in Smirsh, the Russian, the Russian spy network, but has secretly defected to Spectre, um, decides to recruit and appoint, and appoint a young Russian codebreaker um, to effectively fall in love or pretend to fall in love with James Bond and offer to defect to the rest with a lector machine. Um, 
this is all basically so they can play the Russia and the West off against each other, steal the Lecter, and get revenge against Bond for his killing of Doctor No, which we saw in the first film. So the British know that it's a trap, but they still want to get hold of a Lecter machine and find out what's going on. So they send Bond to Istanbul, where he meets with the Turkish operative uh, Karim Bey, who, who can see, you can see behind my head. Um, <laughs> And Karim Bey basically introduces Bond to Istanbul. Um, he's a larger-than-life character that has like all of his sons working very closely around him because he feels that blood is the only thing that you can trust. There are numerous attempts to assassinate Karim Bey. Somebody tries to kill him with a bomb. Um, he's also attempted to kill in a. Somebody tries to kill him in a when they visit a gypsy camp because he uses gypsies for some of the sort of dirtier work that he needs done um, and there's a brilliant set piece with a sort of fight against the russians in the gypsy camp there are several attempts on karen bay's life um, bond then returns to his hotel where he meets tatiana who is the young russian woman who has been recruited to seduce him uh, she has the lecture machine and they agree to travel with karen bay upon the orient express um, from Istanbul across to sort of Greece, Yugoslavia, etc., where they can defect and get the machine back. All of the time that this is happening, Bond is being tailed by the assassin from the pre-credit sequence, who is a ex-convict called Donald Grant, uh, a man who has escaped from Dartmoor um, and has been recruited by Spectre. He, the guy's basically a killing machine. Um, he's, he's like in all of the 25 films he is one of the hardest bastards that you will ever come across in these films it, 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 it's lethal so he tells them all the way he saves Bond's life on a couple of occasions because obviously in order for Spectre's plan to work Bond needs to stay alive until he reaches the Orient Express once aboard the Orient Express Grant kills Karen Bay um, and a Russian operative that Karen Bay had been um, holding as prisoner. Uh, Grant then poses as uh, a British agent um, upon meeting them at, is it Trieste? I think it's Trieste he meets them at. Um, he poses as a, uh, as a British agent. Um, and during the course of the evening, he drugs Tatiana. They then return to the room and when they get to, once Tatiana's asleep, um, they go into the other compartment where Grant's plan is unfolded. Um, you know, he reveals himself. Uh, there is a brilliant fight between Grant and Bond in what is one of the best and most iconic fight sequences in any of the Bond films. Um, and in the end, Bond does best Grant uh, using uh, exploding nerve gas in his um, in his case and also a knife that he has in his small valise. And they then continue the plan where they get off of the uh, train at a certain point and then escape via boat to eventually escape to Venice being pursued by Spectre agents. 
Back at Spectre HQ, um, number one, who is later to be revealed in later films to be Blofeld, um, assassinates number five for the failure of their plan. He then sends Rosa Klebb to exact revenge, steal the lector and kill Bond. So Klebb goes to Venice, she poses as a maid and in the sort of final action sequence of the film, she struggles with Bond. Uh, Tatiana disarms her by knocking the gun out of her hand. Kleb then attempts to kill Bond using a poison spike in her shoe, because this is what Spectre do. They have really cool shoes with poison spikes that come out the front. I uh, kind of wish I had those. That'd be great for getting on the tube. Um, and in the struggle that ensues, Tatiana gets the gun and appears to be kind of struggling with which of the two to shoot. She finally shoots Kleb. Uh, in the end, we then get to see Bond and Tatiana on a gondola. Uh, floating off down the canals in Venice uh, with the Lecter, and it's another successful mission for James Bond. And as our credits roll, we find out that James Bond will return in Goldfinger. Very well done. Yeah, I should have mentioned number five at the start, because like he's quite a key part in it. Like Obviously, you know, he's a master strategist and like a chess grandmaster that's yeah, developed this yeah. foolproof plan. It's all right, though. You know, it's a, it's a lot of movie. There's a lot going on in this one. There's week, a lot man. of movie, and that probably wasn't as punchy as you needed it to be, but... That's fine. No, that's all good, man. Just, you know, there's, yeah, like, yeah. key scenes that you need to kind of... Like, yeah. there's key scenes that we're going to discuss. There's key scenes you need to kind of mention. Yeah. So, what do, what do we think of From Russia With Love? Just to preface this, if you guys didn't watch the Doctor No one, I recommend go watching it. But if you can't be asked, I understand... I'll say this, me and John both really enjoyed that one. We thought it was a solid Bond film and we had a good time. And I know John had already seen it multiple times, but it was my first viewing. So I went in absolutely uh, kind of open-minded without knowing any consensus of quality. Same with this one, actually. So I don't know what you guys could think, um, which is exciting. So what do you guys think? Who wants to go first? Uh, I'm going to let Ad go first. Um, in terms of Connery's film, this is probably my second favourite. Um, Goldfinger probably being like the first but like this is I think an absolute runners up um I, I really like the cold open I think it introduces um Robert Shaw's character very well and it's quite atmospheric and you sort of just like it's sort of the first like you know James Bond is dead but he isn't kind of thing is sort of it's sort of fresh at that point because I know that sort of as sort of cold opens go I think even even the stuff like you only did twice it was like Bond is dead, but isn't kind of thing that whole, that whole fake out stuff. Stop still, spoiling like, really cool... the movie, no, Jack. Stop spoiling the future movies, no, Jack. <laughs> oh, Alex, I mean, that's not... When we get to You Only Do Twice, there's something else that I want you to look out for in that pre-credit scene, because there is something else for you to spot in that pre-credit scene, or he or listen out for in that pre-credit scene, shall we say. Uh, Adam yes, Amuse but... knows what I'm talking about, I think. Yeah, that to, yeah. Back to, back to you, Adam. Back to you. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I'll try. I'll try and read more. Uh, no, no, no. You're, I was taking. I was taking the mic. I'd like. It's, I'll forget it by then. There's so many films. Yeah. Um. Where is it? Yeah. No, yeah. Really cool. I, I, you know. Does that real? Um. Where Where are we? Uh. It's cool to see uh Sylvia Trench from Doctor No as well. She comes back in this one just very briefly. Um. And there's a nice one to one there. Um. Um, I think one of the bits of Connery film that I always love is just the hat toss as well. You know, he, he's a good 
um hat thrower should i say um he's he, he's good he's great he's good good at the, good at all that kind of stuff um the highlights ah okay uh this is probably the scene you know it's not one of the most iconic well i say it has an iconic bit of music but so where bond goes to check into his hotel room and he's scoping out his hotel room just sort of looking behind like frames and chandeliers and stuff like that and of course the james bond theme plays and it's sort of it's 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 kind of one of those unintentionally funny moments where it's sort of just like Bond, he's only just like tipping off the the hotel guy and like just checking out the hotel room, and we get it. The Bond theme is great, but it's underscoring that moment was sort of odd. But you know, it's kind of it kind of does make me laugh as well, sort of unintentionally as well. Don't know what you guys thought of that moment. I'm I'm a big fan of it. I'm I'm a big yeah. fan. I, I, one thing I always say about this era, and we'll get into maybe into the whole of this film in a second, but I do love how cheesy some of it is. I like a bit of cheese and. Um, yeah. it's a big part as to why I'm a big fan of Connery because he sort of does have that cheesy ass to him whilst being really cool at points as well there are certain things he does which is just total 60s cheese which is I, just perfect I mean I'm not spoiling anything that Alex if you think that Connery is cheesy just you wait <laughs> mm. yeah <laughs> So, so I definitely a thumbs up on this one then for you. Second best Connery, definitely a thumbs up. Yeah, I mean, the action's great, directed by Terence Young. It, it does give me almost sort of Hitchcockian vibes, sort of North by Northwest, sort of by the end of it, which I quite Ooh. like. So that's pretty cool too. Nice. John, I'll let you go in the middle. I mean, this is just fantastic. Um, this is the first Bond film that I ever watched when I was a kid, um, because we had a copy on VHS and my dad had taped off the telly. Um, and this is my favorite Connery. Um, it's in my top three bonds of all time. It, it, it's probably, I've not redone my list for a while, but I, off the top of my head, I'd say it's probably third um, behind a couple of others, which obviously would be the case if something's third. Um, what I love about the early Connery films is how kind of believable they are as spy stories. You know, the gadgets are actually something where it's like, yeah, you can actually see somebody using it. You can see a spy using that. The plots are very cleverly done. They're not like secret bases hidden in the middle of X, Y, Z. They're not somebody's going to destroy the world it's very believable straightforward espionage plots um and for me this is a a superb film it, it's believable it's atmospheric um in karen bay you have probably the most likable of Bond's allies that he meets in sort of any of the films. Um, there are some issues with some of the characters, which I think we're going to have to discuss at some point, because, um, you know, it's of its time. And there are some things that are toned down, actually, from the book, but still don't come across great in the film. Yep. Um, but, yeah, it's Karen Bay's great. Um, Daniela Bianchi is fantastic as um, as Tatiana. She's just beautiful. 
you know, you can see actually this woman seducing somebody like Bond and she's just completely winning him over. Um, although it's the second example where actually somebody, you know, the, the act, lead actress's voice was dubbed into English. Um, you know, they did that with Ursula Andress as well. Um, she was dubbed twice. She had a singing voice and a speaking voice. But, um, but yeah, it's... What really makes it for me, though, is Robert Shaw and the chemistry between Connery and Shaw in those scenes on the train. Um, you like, Although there are 20 odd James Bond films, you genuinely believe that he is in danger. You genuinely believe that this is like one of the most dangerous assailants you've ever met. Um, and just the kind of cold, ruthless efficiency of Grant, but the fact that in the end, the fact that he is basically a trained common criminal is what undoes him because it's his greed that undoes him. Um, it's just, you know, this is just not just top tier Bond, this is top tier filmmaking for me. Alex, what did you think as a first time viewer? I had a good time again. I had a good time. If I'm being honest, uh, I don't think I view it as highly as either of you two. I thought Dr. No was better, but okay. I had a good time. I had a good time. Oh, that's, I, not, that's not an uncommon view. Um, I had a good time, you know. Also, I, and also, I don't know if you listen, Adam, but John can tell you I did rate Dr. No quite highly as a film. I yeah. did very much thoroughly enjoy that one. Yeah. Uh, this one, I don't know. I think for me, the one thing I could compliment Dr. No on was how it felt like the runtime was shorter than it actually was. This one, I felt the runtime a little bit more. I felt it took a bit longer to get into. Maybe that was because the plot was a bit more thicker. There's more to it. I just felt like for the first half an hour, nothing had really happened. Um, I also watched it at like half ten at night and I was quite tired. Probably wasn't the best one for this one. <laughs> I thought it was going to be as light as kind of Dr. No. This one, there's a lot of like backstabbing and you don't really know where people are what side they're on it's a bit mm. deeper you can't really tell this time around yeah. um and it's it but overall i've said the things that the first one did dr no is still really good here the action kind of some of the comedy um connery in general is fantastic uh in this the side characters mostly are good like you say john there are some writing issues and there are some actions in this film that we have to discuss yeah i just think this one didn't move as much as the pace as the first one. And if you had to ask me out of the two, which I'd rather watch, Dr. No would be the one I would choose. But this one's still really good. I think, like you say, the villain's more believable in this one. That's the main thing that this film improves on for me, is I, I was very crit critical of Dr. No as the actual villain in, in the final act of, of that film, because I felt like the villain just didn't really make sense. I thought it was a bit, a bit of like a the threat had gone. Whereas in this one, like you say, John, the threat is ever looming and you kind of don't really know, you, again, have that bond essence, so you don't know who you can trust, but also you see the threat throughout the film. It's not just something that happens at the end and falls flat. The, the threat is forever there in this one, which is really good. This one so, also doesn't uh, have a woman randomly chained up to the bottom of a cave for no reason. That's, that's still, although it's really bad, it's still one of my favourite things. However, this, this film does have one of my most biggest pet peeves. I was thinking about this when I was watching it. So it's in the middle of the film. This isn't. This is actually bad. It just it just pisses me off. Um, 
So there's the middle of the film, James Bond is running a bath and then goes and inspe- investigates his bedroom in which you know, obviously Tatiana is there. And then, you know, they, they do the deed. But the bath's still running. So in my head, I'm thinking, James, you're in the bath. Like, yo, sort that out, fella. I was saying, I was, I was, I was, I was literally, I was like, it's, I, in my home going, James, don't, no, don't do the deed now. You've got a bath. I was thinking, oh, is this going to be alarming? He goes, do you want to go have a bath? No, he just starts having sex with her. I'm thinking, James, the bath's not good. I mean, it's a posh hotel. It's going to have a decent overflow. You know, <laughs> it's not it's not going to flood the bathroom. I can see what you mean sort of by the pace, because, like, even at the beginning where you have the chess match, I'm like, yeah, man, it's sort of a bit... It, it's, it's, it's a tense and well-filmed chess match. Mm. It's still one of those that sort of takes its time and it's sort of, you know... Lots of shots of what's it cross? Damn it! I, cross Dovnov, the other guy from one of the one of the Spectre guys, sort of you know, moving the pieces and it's very, number n- number five. Number five. I was just yeah, number five. Yeah. <laughs> number number five. Uh, Crostonine. Croston. Yeah, I was just about saying. Crostonine. 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 There we go. Uh, yeah, I I think so. If I had to kind of sum this film up. If we're comparing it to Doctor No, I think the villain's better here, but I think the first one's better paced. Um, if, if that, those kind of like the two takeaways. So I think they kind of cancel each other out. Um, I also thought, yeah, like you say, Adam, some scenes were just overly long in this one. Like, there's a lot of just Bond flirting, and it goes on forever. And because we sort of know, well, it's at least to start with, that her job is to seduce him and she's not particularly interested in him to start with, it's really annoying because you're just kind of sitting there go, he's like going, all right, hurry up. All right. At least, you know, hurry up. I will say, at least this one has a lot less of James Bond just sleeping with women within minutes of seeing them. It only happens like twice in this one. Whereas in Doctor No, it's like seven times. He'll meet them for 30 seconds. Oh, the hell are they having sex? Uh, it's like, oh, great. <laughs> Whereas in this one, it's like maybe two to three. Does it happen twice? Uh, if you can't, no, I suppose once. I, I mean, I mean, he, I mean, he does. I mean, he does. He does the deed with Sylvia, but obviously he already knows Sylvia. Yeah. Mm. And 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 then you know he does the deed with Tatiana. But yeah, I don't yeah. think I don't think it's implied sort of anywhere else. Yeah. So yeah, once sorry. But um, yeah, I don't, it's just a lot of scenes, especially, and I think she's quite good at the start of the film, and then towards the end, she becomes kind of powerless. It's like, James, save me! Oh. And it's like, there's, there's a scene where she's on the phone, and she's it's very clear that she's like trying to seduce him, obviously. But then he's like, she's trying to get, he's trying to get fish out. He's like, how many kids do we have? And I'll sit there going, Christ. Yeah, but the, that's because, that's because by the end of the film, she has actually fallen in love with him. Yeah, and, it's and, also, she... and it's also because, bear in mind, you know, it becomes clear to her by that point that, you know, that, that it was a false mission that she was sent on, that she'd been duped. She wasn't doing it for Mother Russia all along. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it, it's okay. I just thought those scenes were quite, you know, d- difficult to watch at points. Obviously, there is there is one moment on the train as well, which I think we'll get into when we need to, which I, I did not enjoy watching at all. I thought I found that, obviously, like you say, of its time and stuff, but it's been like, oh, Christ. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I just think this film took its time a bit more. Like I said, the first half an hour maybe could have been 15 minutes. I understand why some scenes were longer, but there's just it just 
it doesn't really get going. Whereas the one thing with Doctor No is you're in there within 10 minutes. You're like in the story. He's already heading to Jamaica. You're like, right, I get it. We're going. This one's a bit more like he's gone, but we don't know what's kicking off yet. Um, yeah, I, th- I thought it was all right. I thought Connery was just as good as he was in the first one, if not slightly better. He's got better characters sort of run off here. Yeah. Um, I thought the action sequences were great. Bizarre. Oh, anyway, I did, but, oh, go on. I don't know if it's, if it's I don't know. Well, I don't know if we skipping ahead, but I was going to say, what do you think of the actual song, like from Russia with Love? Mm, yeah. Because it's, it, I'd say, is it the? I would you count it as technically the first proper Bond song? Because I know you have sort of underneath the mango tree from Doctor No, but I don't know. If, would you count that for Doctor No? or Would you say this underneath the mango tree is more of a banger? Song? Underneath the mango tree is a banger, top tier. I would say. I would say that you'd probably count this as your kind of first official Bond song, you know, if you're not counting the kind of the John Barry theme from Dr. Mm. No. Um, yeah, I, I would say you'd probably count this as the first official Bond song, if you like. Yeah, I'd say so, even if it doesn't play during the actual credit, like the opening credits, because it's like mm. a different piece of music there, but like it's plays at the end, so... Yeah, no, I, I think it's an alright song. I wouldn't play it at a disco or anything, but it's alright, you know. If you want to fall asleep, put it on. It I mean, have song for the are, there, are there any James Bond themes that you would play at a disco, except for the disco version of Moonraker? So I put Skyfall on. That's a but you're drunk enough. You can sing Skyfall. Um, yeah, it's a bit slow, but you could do it. Um, yeah, I know. Casino oh, Royale, actually. Sorry, sorry. Casino Royale. Casino sorry, Royale. Sorry, Alex, I'd forgotten you were a, a, a woman in her thirties. Um. <laughs> Casino <laughs> Royale. What I think of that to begin with. That's actually a top tier, like just tune in general. Chris Gornell. Casino Royale is good. I got you that. But, but, um, but Die Another Day would work quite well at this game as well. Yeah. yeah, there's a few. There's a few. Um, I probably would say yeah. The Living Daylights, actually. By the Living Daylights. Yeah, it's tune. You to a kill. Oh, yeah, Duran Duran. But Duran Duran, I can't get it wrong. Um, but and yeah, I. Is is there any points that you could do want to particularly point up to discuss? Um, just give me a little. Um, I want I want to talk about the fight scene in the gypsy camp because I think that just works brilliantly yes. as a set piece. Brilliantly, yes. Um, you know, I mean, it is. It's you know, it's terrifying. You know, you've got car- you've got flaming caravans and horses all over the place, and you've got you know you you've got the gypsies and the Russians, and you you just cut. People seem to be coming from everywhere. Um, you know, it's a wonderfully filmed scene. And, you know, obviously in the background, you've got Grant watching all of this, almost kind of like protecting Bond. You know, there's a scene where somebody jumps up behind him with a knife and he just takes him out. Um, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I'm, it's I'm wonderful. A, I'm, a big, I'm a big fan of that scene. I think, I think it's a great action scene. <laughs> um, and I kind of, as somebody with a degree of Romany heritage, I like how the gypsies are portrayed. It's a little bit stereotypical, but it's not like a negative portrayal. And you're so used to seeing gypsies portrayed in a negative way in media um, that actually to have this kind of thing where no, they're Karen based friends and they're his allies and they're helping him out and they become Bond's friends and allies. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of that. 
Yeah, I thought this was really. I thought the yeah, I think you're you think got the you're on the money there, mate. I think it's really good. Um, legitimately, yeah, I think. I mean, yeah, you kind of you kind of have to look beyond the bit where the two women are having a scrap because you know that's not really kind of you know a fight for the right to marry the tribal chief stuff no. isn't yeah. really kind of. Um, <clears throat> isn't really something that would happen in a 21st century film, shall we say? And by that, I mean, like, the head of the Gypsy Drive, not Roman Reigns. Um, Yes, not the head of the table. Um, But, uh, yeah, I I don't think I agree with you. I think that was probably one of the best scenes in the film. I'm partial to the helicopter sequence at the end because I just thought it was pretty badass. That's nicely done as well, actually. That's Um, that's nicely done as well, actually. And I I like that... um, I also like that Bond's quite kind in the end, and he unties the man's hands before he throws him off the boat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't know. I thought the, I thought I loved the, the scene at the camp. But I also thought the last kind of bits with the helicopter and the boats. I thought it was all, yeah. all pretty brilliant, all pretty stellar. And for a film that, um, you know, like I said, started off quite slow. The action in the towards the end just picks up quite well. Yeah. I, I mean, the, I, fight, I, the, the fight scene in the train is is also, yeah, very good. Tops here. It's certainly better than the one with Batista from Spectre. That's for sure. Well, uh, Daniel Craig actually broke Batista's nose filming that scene. Um, which is fair, is, is, is pretty impressive because Batista is a strong boy. So you yeah. must have given him a pretty good whack to, you know, damage yeah. Batista. Um, well, it's not stop Batista working with him again because they're, they're, they're in uh, Glass Onion together. So, yeah. Are they? I need to watch yeah, Knives yeah, Out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Batista's, Batista's in the in Glass Onion. He's in the um in the Knives Out sequel. I need to watch the first one. I got it spoiled for me, so I kind of like stepped away for a bit. But I can kind of go. You might have had the ending spoiled, but that won't spoil the film. The, the film will still be a very enjoyable experience. Uh, particularly, I would advise watching it at the moment while Reese Jenkins still looks the way that he does because he looks like Jamie Lee Curtis in Knives Out. Oh my God. <laughs> You only just did you not realize that before, Adam? No, 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 I, no, no, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just haven't had that comparison of, of all things. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll, I just... I'll, 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 I'll send you a picture while we're, rec- while we're recording, Alex. <laughs> yeah, uh, is there any points that you want to bring up, um, particularly that you enjoyed that we haven't talked about yet? I don't know, it's just, I think everything that. Like I love the train sequence. I think that whole third act is, you know, just generally like um, with Bond forming. Well, I see that sort of, you know, the connection with uh, Robert Shaw's character and uh, during the, the train bit, only you know for there to be a bit of a scrap, bit of a bit of a bit of a, a fight a tussle, going on there, bit of a, a bit of a tussle, which is like nicely edited, and you, you have the you sort of have. What was introduced at the beginning, the uh, that sort of device he has that he used to, to uh, strangle Bond, um, you know, that's, uh, yeah, just all nicely done and, you know, 
every yeah that, 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 all about it. it just works it just works so well and yeah there, there will be no better bit of action in this film for me than when they're in there's the helicopter sequence and bond shoots the guy after he took the pin out of the grenade so he shoots him and the grenade just blows up it just takes the entire that was one of the i was just like get in that was really super cool uh, I really enjoyed that, and also just Bond blowing up. I mean, it's not good for the environment, but when he blows up those, uh, those, you know, the bits. Of, I'm going to shoot its oil in the yeah, like petrol. Just, yeah, petrol. Just, yeah, um, that was really cool as well. Um, obviously, you know, protect the environment and all that, but uh, it it was very cool. Um, and I think Ian Fleming does make a cameo during part of the train scene, as it's. Just as it's, you just get a shot of it going by, and he just sort of just, oh, shit. there you can't. I think, I think you just, I don't know if you just see it from his side, like his side character, <laughs> point, but yeah. There you go. That's something else that makes it kind of Hitchcock esque, isn't it? And mm. Alex has just seen the photo. <laughs> no, it's so true. It's so true. Oh, it's funny. Uh, for those who don't know who Rich Jenkins is, then they're listening. He's been on here before. He's been on here before, and uh, you know, but, the show. he's got he's got similar. If you've seen the film Knives Out, he looks a bit like that. Um, no, there you go. Um, yes. <clears throat> um, at some point we've got to be nice out. Like that, that's that's like, to, what we've got to do. We've got to do. Yeah, I'm, there's so I'm, much we got to do. I'm going to try to get to see the premiere of Glass Onion because um, they've announced that that will be the closing night of the mm. film fair. Um, the problem is that they've announced it and it's going to be the, the night that everybody is saying that the Doctor Who centenary episode is going to be. Oh, yeah. Oh, God, um, yeah. Was it the 16th of October? Yeah. Mid-October, yeah. 16th of October, but... Yeah, I'm still going to try and try and get a, get a ticket anyway. Um, yeah, because I'm not going to miss that opportunity, and then it turns out not to be the 16. Yeah, then <laughs> you got you got the, you got the choice, and don't you of what you want to do? Now you want to pay? I've got a choice. I can watch it when I get home. Mm. Exactly. Um, right, I'm going to go to one actually because it didn't work for me, and that was right at the end with the old uh, sword boot. Um, I just think. I, for a film that you know had a lot of runs, I just thought this hot cake kind of came out of nowhere. It was a really strange ending to the film. Very quick scene. I did like the bit of you know you didn't know who she was going to shoot, sort of thing where the allegiance lies. But I just thought there was so much action. I thought the boat thing was really cool. I thought the kind of a crescendo of action. Then we get a little bit more. I just think it didn't really work. And maybe it's kind of burnt out of super cool action sequences because they kind of just a lot happens in the last. 30 minutes of this film, which is a lot of action. So to get one more, which just kind of felt a bit stupid. I don't know as well whether it was a bit of the acting. I don't want to be too harsh, but it, like the whole kicking wasn't very convincing to me with the sword shoe thing. It just kind of looked a bit comedic. I mean, uh, I mean to be fair, she's a woman of a certain age. I know, but it's just the way she was like flailing her leg around, like just kind of like like hoping to, to get it in there. I mean, so to they, be double fresh, she probably looks a lot more convincing doing it than you would. That that is true. <laughs> Fair play. Fair play. Um, but but in this context, I say I, it just didn't work for me that little bit. I just kind of I found, I found myself laughing a little bit. That's why like the cheesiness maybe it may, I don't think it was intended, but it just made me laugh. Like it, I just I lost I, it a little bit. I liked it because I was like, okay, like she's clearly like a baddie, and they need to you know they need to deal. Bond needs to deal with her as a baddie in a way. Um, and so obviously the way to do that would be to have her go after him. 
Yep. And, you know, I like the fact that it became her responsibility. You know, she took the responsibility to resolve it because although it was Kronstein that was killed for the failure of the plan, you know, she realised that actually it was also down to her recruitment, if you like. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't disagree. I think storyline-wise it works. I just think that that particular sequence and the action itself perhaps it didn't for me. Um, and I think actually for a film like I was a bit long, I think this film wraps up really quickly. I know it's too quick. Like, a lot happens very quickly. And you've got, kind of got to keep up. If you don't keep up, the film's going to lose you a little bit. And you don't really know who we're fighting now and stuff. Um, or, I think or the script is sort of bigger, really. Like, you know, there's, it packs a lot more in. It's the second one. and the, there's no mango way. tree. There's no mango yeah, tree. There's no time. mango tree, no. It made me sad. Um, mm. But yeah, no, uh, yeah, still really good stuff. Um, I don't, you know, uh, anything else we want to we want to kind of bring up storyline elements or characters or it's open forum. If there's much, you know, um, well, I probably would say like um, it's great for the it's Desmond Desmond Llewellyn's debut in the Bond series and. I just love him as Q and he's, you know, just just one of those sort of wholesome characters that sort of with each film, you know, I, I just love seeing the, the growing connection with him and Bond and sort of the, the, the banter that they have and just to sort of see him here for the first time. It's sort of like, oh, this is sort of, this is the beginning of that relationship and I like that. So I assume he'll, he will return throughout for a while then. You'll have it's... to wait and see. Okay. I assume, I assume it's not a one and done. Um, uh, I'll you know, but yeah, in the in the scene that he or the scene was he was only in one or two, wasn't he? One. He's in the scene in M's office. Yeah, um, he was all right, I guess. Um, I mean, bear in mind, it, you know, bear in mind, it's the same character that obviously Ben Whishaw plays in the uh, mm. Craig Bonds. Yes, indeed. Um, we love Paddington. We stand Paddington. Um. Everyone loves a bit of Panton. Um, but yeah, like you say, John, there are some problematic issues with this film. Um, it's yeah. of its time. It's of its time, um, which you kind of have to take into consideration, I suppose. Um, but there are some, like, the bit where, like, the one bit that got me the worst was when Bond just full on whacked her. I was just like, yeah. I was like, like, that's borderline uncomfortable to just watch that because it, Goes from like a like Bond, you can tell as this attraction. Then you start start to grow close, like you say. It goes quickly from you're a spy. I was like, what? Yeah, and and it's just not brought up. I was thinking, Christ, it's not it's not comfortable viewing. Um, I I guess it's there to kind of get across that you know Bond above everything else. Bond's love is his country. I guess that's why it's there. But certainly looking at it with a modern eye, it's not comfortable viewing. Um, there are maybe one or two examples in other film, other Bond films of similar things mm -hmm. to yeah. come. But yeah, it, it never sits entirely comfortably with me. And thankfully, it is something that they knock on the head eventually. Um, but yeah, it, it, it never sits entirely comfortably with me. Yeah, it's um, uh, yeah. And I, I think, but what I would say is that it 
the film tones down quite significantly from the book. Um, the book contains some very sort of controversial conversations between Bond and Karim Bay um, about their attitudes towards women, etc., and their attitudes towards sexual violence, which thankfully we don't get here. But you do still get a degree of Bond and Karim Bay's attitude towards women coming across in the film. Yeah, um, absolutely. And like you say, um, obviously we're in a much you know better place now, and uh, yeah, we could you know you would, yeah, you would you would hope so. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. So overall, it doesn't ruin the enjoyment entirely it's just for a few i think for a few moments after it happens i think when you first watch it you're like it's it, it is jarring and you know that it's good that it's jarring because you don't want to see something like that and be like completely unfazed by it you know but yeah it is it is jarring uh yeah so guys if there's nothing else to talk about we can get to uh some some scores he's on the doors i know obviously we do have a review as well which i shall get up on my mobile phone uh to read um which i'll do now but yeah scores on the doors chaps what what we said about unless there is anything else you guys want to bring up uh there's nothing additional from me nor me cool so um let's uh let, let's do scores um ad go first what are we giving this one yeah, I'm, I'm think I think an eight for me. Yeah, I just think it's a great spy movie, a great action movie. The cast is superb, uh, and I do like I do very much enjoy this one. And uh, you know, great to see, as I said, Desmond Llewellyn and uh, all the things that are carrying on with Doc Stoke because it's very much Spectre getting revenge on Bond and trying to. It's a, it is it's a trap as the that uh, my favorite, my favorite admiral in cinema history once said. I wonder who um, you could be talking about. Oh, I, don't I don't know. know. I don't. I know. I know. Yeah, and I'll go next. Uh, I'm going to give this one a seven. I think I gave Doctor No an eight, and I certainly preferred that one more. So if we're going by that metric, I'll go seven. I still thought it was more than you know serviceable. I thought it was enjoyable. I thought it was good. I certainly, it's one of those that if someone said, Jay, do you want to watch Russia with Love? I wouldn't be like, no. I'd be like, yeah, all right, if you want to. Uh, but, it, it, you know, I just think Doctor Who is a bit better for me. What about yourself, Johnny? Uh, this gets 10 Soviet lectors out of 10 for me. Um, wow. As I say, it's top tier Bond. Um, it's, in my, it's in my all-time top three Bond films. Um, it's a wonderful piece of filmmaking. Um, it, it just works for me. Um, I think in Robert Shaw, you've got one of the most memorable villains in the series. Um, brilliantly portrayed. You know, it's rare that you get somebody that you think actually they are a match for Bond. And, you know, he, he really is. Um, and yeah, yeah, it's 10 out of 10 for me. Awesome. Right, so we do have a review um, from from a good friend, Ryan McGiven, who will also be on the series later on. Uh, like we say every week now, if you guys do have an opinion on anything we are reviewing, we will be sending out tweets. I'll get all the guests that are on that week to send out a tweet or retweet it and be like, 
hey we want your opinions so uh yeah. go follow us all on socials which you'll find out about at the end of the podcast you guys can get involved we shall read it out but ryan did say it's one of, it's it's one of his favorite connery films it's a bit of a slow burner but it's great courage and occasions the ending feels a bit anticlimactic but it works all around i have to agree with him i have to agree um maybe not on the favorite connery film bit because i'm not your favorite because i've not seen them all yet but you know in terms of every bit of content you put in there i kind of have to agree with everyone's a very sensible chap and that's an opinion that i can uh that i can get on board with yeah i think yeah i think overall bonds off to a good start two for two i've enjoyed both of them um yeah so that's not too bad but yeah so before we um before we uh wrap up uh please do go follow mr adam Amin on twitter beer underscore can underscore batman you can follow John at JohnBoy underscore Cook. You can follow me at King underscore Dom. Next week, me and John will be back once again with some guests, to with Owen and Elijah, to be talking about some Daleks. And uh, we're going to go back to Scarrow with The Magician's Apprentice, which is familiar, um, which is going to be an interesting one, because I don't like that story at all, and I feel like I'm in a, a circle full of people that really enjoy it. So that's going to be fun. Mm. Um so it's going to be my back's up against the wall next week. But Bond should be back within a month's time. Uh, what's the next film, John? Uh, the next film is Goldfinger, where our friend Goldfinger. Lily will be joining us. For, uh, Some, but somebody for new. We did. Uh, we did uh, somebody, and a lady. And a first, yes. lady a first lady <laughs> the, of the show. The first, we, yes. We'll have to nickname her the first lady of the Timeless Podcast. Hopefully the, the, first, of, the first of many. But yes, the first. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. But uh, yes, yeah, so follow up, follow us next week as well. There will be a bonus podcast as well with myself and Parrot about F F one. So uh, two podcasts next week. So uh, yourself and Parrot. Parrot. Kev Parrot. Parrot. Oh, nice, nice. Yes. If you are, if you, if you have enjoyed this wonderful episode of uh, of the show. Please do give it a like, comment, and subscribe. Uh, again, you follow the show on Twitter at the Thomas Pod. You follow me on Twitter. It's King underscore Dom. So we're back with Doctor Who next week. And like I said, get involved on Twitter. We'll be sending a tweet out for your opinions. Um, so uh, please do get involved. And uh, until next time, guys, I'll let John give you the intro. Outro. Outro. <laughs> intro, outro, shake it all about, outro. Who knows? Um, good night. God bless. Don't have nightmares. Do sleep well. Join us next month for some more bondage. <laughs>